Good morning, everyone. Uh, what a day. Uh, what a night it's been for my family. So I'm going to give you a quick update. I know that they've been doing it all morning long. Uh, uh, Jamie and, and Jim have been doing a great job covering this as KTIR News is the devastation of Hurricane Ian. And I, maybe I have a different perspective. And if I start talking about landmarks and you have no idea what I'm talking about, I'm sorry. But um, I wish I could draw a mental picture good enough for you to see what happened. It was the absolute... Um, culmination of the worst of possibilities. It was a worst case scenario for where this thing made landfall in its tightest, um, in its highest levels. Sanibel Captiva Islands are off the coast. There's Pine Island and a little island. It's spelled Matlacha. If you look in the news, people are calling it Matlacha. It's pronounced Matlache. Um, absolutely devastated by the eye of this storm. They are saying that there were uh, 12 to 14 foot uh, storm surge on Sanibel Island. Sanibel Island is only three feet above sea level, so you can imagine how high the water was there. They have a lighthouse on the island that collapsed. I was watching video this morning of a house burning on the island they can't get to. Uh, the causeway, which uh, there's a bridge that goes high enough for boats to get under, and then there are little tiny barrier islands that people go and hang out like they're at the beach. They just go and lay out there, and they, they go uh, windsurfing and stuff off these little barrier islands, not all the way onto the, the island itself. There's like two of these little islands and bridges. They call it a causeway that goes across. Uh, that fell into the water in places, so there is no access on or off the island of Sanibel. Captiva Island is devastated. There is one little tiny bridge that is a two-lane bridge, maybe 50 yards long, 100 at the max long, that separates Sanibel from Captiva Islands, and I don't have any idea if that bridge survived, but it was a devastating storm. Um, the loss of life, they have no idea yet how bad that's going to be in parts of Fort Myers Beach, which was completely underwater. If, you see, if you've seen the video, there is a webcam video that was making its rounds because for whatever reason, the power was still on. So there was this camera six feet off the ground on a road called Estero Boulevard. Estero Boulevard is the main road through Fort Myers Beach, which is called Estero Island. Um, that was six feet, seven feet underwater at one time. Uh, hotels are gone. There is a little place on Fort Myers Beach when you first come onto the beach. It's affectionately known as Times Square. It's been called Times Square since I was a kid. And it's just a tiny little square of shops and restaurants and surf shops. And there's a Dairy Queen by the pier and restaurants and all this other stuff. Completely gone. Um, if I can figure out a way to share the video from a guy in Fort Myers Beach that just went to Times Square and said it's gone and showed the video of Times Square. It is absolute devastation. Um, homes trashed, uh, debris everywhere, no power for a long time, some self-service with some companies, no self-service with others. So Southwest Florida was devastated by this storm. Um, we have people here in the building that have family there. They haven't been able to get a hold of. Um, and, you know, I'm getting information uh, intermittently from my family. My brother's in charge of search and rescue there. And um, it's just a devastating storm. This is going to devastate Florida for a long time. And to give you an idea of how bad this storm was, it maintained a lot of its strength as it made its way north. They normally break up pretty quickly once they get over land. They still remain with a lot of wind and rain, but nothing like an organized storm. And they still did all the way up until it was in the Orlando area. And now the expectation is that it's going to head back into the Gulf after it crosses over Jacksonville, and it's going to gather up a little bit more steam over the Atlantic, although not as bad as when it's in the Gulf of Mexico, and then it may hit the Carolinas. So it's a long way from over. Uh, keep those people in your prayers. We are talking with people and trying to figure out if there's anything we can do. You know, there's going to be FEMA and a lot of services going there, so I don't know what we can do, but if there's something that you can jump in on and help us with, we'll definitely put something together. 
two and a half million people in Florida without power. And uh, it was crazy. And I don't know what's real and what's not as far as some of the things I've seen. There was a video that somebody sent me of of a manatee. If you don't know what a manatee is, a manatee on the street trying to find water. I don't know if it's, it could be, so you know how they do things now. It could be a fake video, but I know that the shark in the street was a real video. That really happened in Fort Myers. So it is uh, hard to describe what it looks like to people that haven't been to Southwest Florida, but Fort Myers, cl- close to the water, there's the river, the Caloosahatchee that empties into the Gulf of Mexico. On one side of the Caloosahatchee is a town called Cape Coral, and they got devastated. That hit there first, and then it crosses over the river into Fort Myers proper. And um, the devastation in Cape Coral is another thing that they're just now trying to assess. And what part of the issue is the way the storm pushes on shore. It's pushing water on shore. And I know that sounds like it makes sense, but if you're at the top side of the storm, if you looked at videos from Tampa Bay, it pulled the water away from Tampa Bay at the front end of the storm. This was pushing water on. And Cape Coral is a unique area because they have a lot of canals that go so people have waterfront property. They can take the canals out to the river or take the canals out to the Gulf. And so you have waterfront, very uh, very expensive property because of the water, you know, because you live on the river. But uh, with these canals, it is just pushing even more water into people's homes. As far as my family goes, my mother's home was spared. Uh, there's some damage to her place, but it's not devastated. But in her neighborhood, she lives in one of those 55 and older communities. In her neighborhood, some of the houses are just completely gone. Some of the roofs are gone. Others, the house is just leveled. Hers survived. Uh, my brother's home, there was flooding all around the property, but nothing in the house, thank God. But nobody's going to have power for quite a long time. So there's going to be a lot like with Katrina in this sense that they will now begin search and rescue and then it will become a recovery operation. And so we will have first responders from probably all over the United States um, will be going door to door and they will be, and just sad as this is to talk about, during Katrina, what they were doing was they would walk through a home and they were taking spray paint and they were spray painting the number of dead people inside on the outside of the home so that the recovery workers could go in and recover the bodies. Now, I don't know if it's going to get to that in the Fort Myers area, the Naples, Bonita Springs, and then go north um, from there. Um, I don't know if that's how it's going to happen across southwest Florida, but Lee County is a big area. Um, it covers uh, North Fort Myers. It moves up, uh, you know, the north part of town before it gets to Charlotte County, and then south all the way to Collier County. It encompasses a place called Bonita Springs right before you get to Naples. It's a very big area of coastline, and so that is going to be a very difficult recovery effort for the people that stayed by the beaches. And uh, hopefully, the loss of life is not as bad as they are thinking it could be. Um, but it could be hundreds of people that lost their lives, and they will begin search and rescue. Or they have already begun search and rescue. I saw some videos of people being pulled from their car. Uh, Good Samaritans pulled an elderly guy out of his car. The car was so far underwater you could barely see his shoulders above the water while he was trapped in his automobile. These guys went in, got him out to safety. So there will be a lot of people that are trapped. They'll be on the roofs of their homes. They'll be, and there are going to be some people that just didn't make it. There will be people where they will be recovering bodies for quite a while. It is just um, like nothing I've ever seen. And um, again, I'm never at a loss for words. And if I'm being, I don't know if I'm being repetitive, it is, uh, it was a long night for me. Videos of places I grew up, landmarks that, uh, as silly as this sounds, I wasn't a big beach goer, but every time I went to Fort Myers Beach my entire life, 
uh, Times Square is where everybody hung out. When I was in high school, that's where everybody hung out. You used to be able to drive around the square. So you'd drive down to the beach and you would cruise around uh, Times Square. People would just, and that's why they shut it down to uh, motor traffic and just made it pedestrian traffic. But you used to just drive around Fort Myers Beach. The pier is right there. Um, the Dairy Queen that was there. I moved there in 1978 and the Dairy Queen was there and it's gone. It was part of the building uh, right next to the pier, right there at Times Square, um, and it's just gone. And it is so weird to look at news stories because we all watch with a sense of, uh, with a sense of fascin- fascination, and it was absolutely devastating yesterday. So uh, we'll keep you informed here on KTAR News. I appreciate your patience with me as, I, uh, as I've been talking about all of these things. And we'll continue in just a moment with the economy. We'll get back to serious business that affects us all. That's all coming up next. Values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks so much for being here. We're going to talk about the economy. Uh, Phoenix, one of the areas with the fastest cooling real estate market. Good for some people, not good for others, but uh, a sign of what's happening because mortgage rates have climbed to about 7% in some places. Which, again, being all relative, in all honesty, if you talk to people that have, you know, have purchased homes years and years and years ago, 6 7% was a very good rate to have. Not saying that it isn't a, a, a bad thing for people now, but it, it, it's all relative. Back in the 70s when they were buying homes, it was like a credit card interest rate. So um, – I'm not downplaying the severity of the increase. It is causing people and have property values to fall a bit, which can be good for some. So there are the 10 U.S. cities where the housing markets are cooling the fastest. Um, Number one. Um, is Seattle, Washington. And then uh, the top 10, Seattle's number one. Las Vegas is number two. San Jose, San Diego, Sacramento. Then the Phoenix area. Then Oakland, California. Then Northport, Florida. And then Tacoma, Washington. Very interesting, uh, Where you know, the diversity of where those places are. So many of them in California. Um and this is a sign of what's happening. The GDP reading shows the U.S. economy shrank by 0.6%, uh, cementing the start of a recession. We are in a recession. This, The idea that we're going to redefine recession and all this other stuff is political jargon. That's all it is. That's all it's ever going to be. Um, and I don't – it's not even laying a blame game here. If you are the president of the United States, you want your party to win in the midterm elections. You want people to believe that your economic policies are good for America. You are going to shine the brightest light on the good stuff that you can. Jobs have been one of them. Job, uh, jobless claims remain extremely low. That doesn't tell the entire picture, but if you're in the White House, I don't care what party you're in, if you're in the White House, those are the numbers you're going to shine a spotlight on, are going to be the jobless numbers. But what we are beginning to see, Goldman Sachs laying people off. We know what happened in Gap, which is partially self-inflicted. But you are going to see the retail industry not ramping up like they used to. Companies that hire for seasonal labor, which is coming up uh, for delivery companies, FedEx and Amazon and these other play UPS. They hire a seasonal workforce. And uh, they're not going to be hiring as many people as they had in the past, according to what estimates are. 
But when you see the GDP fall, that means this what they're doing with interest rates is slowing down the economy. This is the the intended effect. The problem is what you want to do is slow things down without diving into a recession. But this is where people are very concerned and they're very concerned that there is no way with what they have to do to slow down inflation um, that uh, – you're not going to see a severe recession. The Dow is down over 400 points today. It was up 400. Yes, I don't know how it closed yesterday, but at one point it was up over 400 points yesterday. Today it's back down. The numbers when they're looking at the slowing of the economy, the concerns for the money makers, the people that make money for a living. I know that sounds silly, but I'm talking about the investors. They are looking at the future. They are not looking at what's going on immediately. They are seeing gauges. They are seeing signs of what's coming, and that's where these things are happening, and most people follow suit. The experienced people that lead the way and lead the trends and make the major investments, but it's the people that are one step behind them that look at them and say, I'm going to do whatever they do. Watch this person or watch this company or watch these group of investors, and whatever they do, we should follow suit because they've always been right or they're more likely right than not. And that's what the world we're living in right now is we are seeing these investors backing off of the stock market, believing that we are headed toward a major recession. And it's hard to argue with that. Here's a story I've talked about uh, many times. The number of Americans reporting more than $1 million in income is up this year by 41% according to IRS figures. The agency said 387,840 returns show seven-figure incomes by mid-July compared to just 274,000 through the same time last year. So as I've said many times, this is something all of us should be used to is the rich always get richer. In a good economy, in a bad economy, in a slow economy, in a fast economy, they make money. And so if we want to fight in the class warfare uh, ring, we can. If that's the arena you want to fight in, and I don't. I'll be honest with you. I I don't care about what somebody else makes. I really don't. Um, I concern myself with what I do. If I feel as if my contribution to wherever I am is is being rewarded and appreciated, then I'm a happy guy. If I feel as if I am being undervalued, uh, uh, I'm going to say something. And then if I don't get the answer that I need to hear, I'm going to look to go somewhere else. It has. I, I've never gone to a boss and said, so-and-so is making this much money, and if they're making that, I have to be worth at least this. Never. Never. That doesn't mean that knowing in the back of my mind what somebody else makes isn't also a tool for me. But I'm not gauging my value on what a company or whoever I work for is somebody else's value. And everybody I've ever worked for in construction, I made them money. And I was happy. I wanted them to be rich off of everything I did. Because when it was my turn to go into the office and say, I'd like a, a raise or I want a newer company vehicle. The one you've got me is getting kind of old. I want to drive around in a new vehicle. I want some perks here. I want, you know what I mean? I want uh, whatever, bonuses, whatever, profit sharing. I wanted to be able to go into a boss's office and say, take a look at the bottom line with me and take a look at the bottom line when I wasn't here. And I want to be – I want a little piece of that. I want to be rewarded. So I never wanted – I never begrudged – I have never begrudged an employer wealth. As a matter of fact, I want to work for a wealthy company, somebody that can write the check. It always cashes. That's the world I live in. Now, you may not be like me. You may be upset about somebody else making this or doing that. But if you live there, you're never going to be happy. 
And I don't think it's a way to judge your value. Everybody's got a certain amount of value that they believe that they are worth. And there are some places where the pay scale isn't fair. There are places where people that do really good, hard work, skilled work in an industry. uh, I know this is a dumb analogy. I'll give you an analogy from the real world that I came from. I was an amateur rodeo announcer. I announced amateur rodeos all over the southwestern United States. And I made a lot of money doing that. Easy work. Not hard work, not dangerous work. You're announcing a rodeo and entertaining a crowd. And there are the bullfighters. They call them rodeo clowns, but they're not. They're bullfighters. These are the, the cowboy lifesavers. These guys in the arena are the ones that step in front of a 2,000-pound animal to make sure a bull rider gets to the fence safely. They get injured severely many times, and they are in harm's way every time a bull bucks. Every time they're in harm's way. Those bullfighters, classically speaking, I don't know how it is now, made a lot less money than a rodeo announcer. And I will tell you, their job is 10 times more important, and their job was 10 times harder. But the way the market was, they paid the announcers a lot more than they paid those guys in the arena. I don't think it's fair. Never thought it was fair. But that doesn't mean I'm not going to take the money and take market value for what my job is worth. It's just the way life is. Coming up in a moment, Gatos is going to join me. It's the big Q poll question of the day, so stick around for it. The Gatos Big Q poll question brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. Hey, good morning, Gatos. I'm on the phone today going to get my hair did, baby. Oh, nice. Good for you. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to look so pretty the next time you see me. It's going to be fantastic. <laughs> You're always beautiful, Gatos. You're always beautiful. Uh. Mike, how's the family in Florida? Family is good. Uh, everybody's safe. A lot of devastation. I've been talking about some of the landmarks and on on uh, on the air this morning that people don't necessarily understand the reference. But Sanibel and Captiva Islands have been devastated. The bridge, part of the bridge, the causeway fell into the water, so there's no access uh, to the islands except by boat. Um, Fort Myers Beach, devastated. There's an area we hung out as kids, cruised around Times Square, this little shopping center called Times Square. A buddy of mine posted a video online that's gone viral. It is completely leveled. Crazy. We're going to talk about uh, later today, too. We're going to talk about this. Um, there's a, a woman. She's married. Her husband is paralyzed from the chest down, and she had to zip tie him to a table. To a table because the water started to come in, yeah. and this guy can't move. Yeah. And I mean, you want to talk about the best life in the world? My goodness, can you imagine not being able to move your body, and then there's water coming into your house, and mm-hmm. your wife has to zip tie you so you don't float away? Yeah, yeah, and that's uh, unbelievable. Yeah, and you know, everybody's asking the question: Well, why did people stay? Why did people stay? And I'm not making excuses, but I can tell you that there have been so many of these storms that have hit Florida that people just survive. You ride them out. It's bad for a couple of hours. You may have power outages, but nothing this severe. The video I've seen, there are these little islands. So Sanibel and Captiva across the bay is Pine Island and Matt Lachey, these other two little fishing town islands, really cool places that are just completely leveled in some ways. Yeah. Sanibel Island, there was yeah. video of uh, homes burning this morning, um, and you can't get to them. There's no one there to get to, get to the houses. No, no. We're going to find out a lot more in the next 48 hours. Yeah. But yeah, this was uh, this was a bad storm. That's my cue. I don't have it in front of me, Mike, but it's basically this. Uh, 
what surprised you most about the hurricane? And I've got, you know, A, B, and C. One of them was, uh, I think, all of Cuba, they lost power. Yep. That's how big this storm was. All of Cuba lost power. I talked about the winds, and you got a couple options there, so you can go and vote. What surprised you the most? Yeah, I think for me it was the wind because you hear about it. But when I've the video I've seen from people, my friends sending me videos of what they were enduring, you know, it is just in, all in, right? yeah, all encompassing and devastating. It is just it's, insane. Yeah, I can't imagine what a 150 mile per hour wind is like because we've been in monsoons yeah. and we've had 60 mile per hour. Like, yeah. oh my goodness, this is crazy. Yeah. Well, I'll double that. See what, yeah. it, see what it feels like. My brother's heading out to do search and rescue and it's going to turn into a recovery effort at some point. And that's what I'm most concerned about is in the beaches and on the islands, what the death toll is going to be. Yeah. yeah. Got to so. keep praying for these guys out in Florida. The Absolutely. Folks out in Florida. It's been pretty, pretty bad. Thanks, Gatos. Okay, man. All right, that's Gatos. The Big Q poll question of the day is brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. Coming up just after 9 o'clock, we'll talk about DACA and the Dreamers.